Warning, anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I bake a cake with the secret ingredient of sadness. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Remington, we have to talk about alignments today. Uh, alignments? Yes, I've been on a bit of a D&D kick lately. I, I am very aware. I have a bit of an obsession, as it were. <laughs> you, you are uh, a nerd of all trades. Yes, and lately I've been dipping heavily into the tabletop RPG category. Okay, okay. And so, uh, alignment, so from, like, you got your chaotic good, and you got your, your neutral bad, and you got your your lawful evil, whatnot. Exactly. Alignments, for those of you who don't know, is a term in tabletop RPGs that denotes a character's personality, their overarching personality type. And it ranges from lawful to chaotic, and from good to evil. You're one of the nine alignments, whether it be neutral lawful or chaotic or good or evil i was first introduced to this just with all the memes that are created based on it like with different like different characters trying to plot them in the alignment chart and more often than not those are pretty accurate yeah that's how i learned about it yeah and i think it's a very interesting way of uh dissecting human personality and how they all fit into one cohesive uh chart as it were oh we're just going all in on the nerddom today oh yeah we're going deep And the reason I wanted to talk about alignment is because, well, we're about to watch an anime that has a heavy focus on good and evil. Okay, so any shounen anime ever. Well, kind of, yes, but a little more what happens when you give somebody, you know, a great power and they want to do something good with it. Oh, so we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Yes, my favorite anime is <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Remington. <laughs> or alternatively, Spider-Man. <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Those are my two guesses for what anime we're seeing. What if I told you there actually is a Lord of the Rings cartoon that came out a long, long time ago? Not anime That's, specifically, I, but... I, I was so worried you were about to say there was a Lord of the Rings anime. What, you think uh, Gollum can't be Kawaii Desune? Mm, don't like that mental image. <laughs> Little Gollum's. I feel viscerally uncomfortable. All right, so <laughs> what what type of thing? I imagine it's going to be like, oh, here you go. Similar to like any almost magical girl anime. Here's a power. Oh, wow, I have a power. What am I going to do with this power? And that's that's it. Yeah, basically, it's, you know, that starting premise. How innovative. Well, it kind of was for its time a little bit. <laughs> because today we're going to talk about something super edgy, Remington. Edgy? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Quite edgy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're, we're just, we've, we've dealt with edgy before, and I feel like it's never gone great. I mean, Mirai Nikki was pretty fun. Yeah, but it wasn't trying to be like edgy for edgy's sake. Uh, it was pretty well, edgy, man. Well, that's fair. It you know what? Fair. I revoke my statement. Uh, actually, I'm all in on the edge. All in on the edge. <laughs> I can see the black hair just slowly coming down. Your... <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just going to uh, drape it over one eye. It's going to be great. Is that guy liner you're wearing? <laughs> 
fact, I have actually worn guy liner, but that that was for theatrical purposes uh-huh. uh, and minor personal uses. But that's besides the point. Keep telling yourself that, bud. <laughs> but we are going to talk about one that has to do heavily on alignments. Okay. And one that is very edgy. Okay. Uh, specifically, it's kind of an interesting transference of alignments, because the character will start out as we call it lawful good. Oh, okay, yep. You know, so the kind of person who believes in the letter of the law, uh, for the best of the people. You know, he wants to do what's right for everybody. Follow the rules, be a good person. Yes. And we're gonna watch him transfer, kind of quickly, but not too quickly, into lawful evil. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so we're going to be watching an anime where the main character is technically the bad guy. Ooh, okay, I like it. I I like the premise. Mm -hmm. I'm interested. But he doesn't believe he's the bad guy. Uh, They never do? No, no, because that's what makes a good evil character is when they, uh, you know, think what they're doing is right and they have justifiable me right. Okay, okay. I'm very tentatively optimistic. Well, Remington, I'm going to be surprised if you haven't seen this one before. Oh, really? Really, yes. I I haven't seen many anime, Sean. I know you haven't. I know you haven't. Uh, But this is one that just about everybody I has seen at least parts of or at least knows quite a bit of. Oh, okay. And... It was actually a recommendation as well. Oh, lovely! Yes, a good buddy of mine, Joel, decided to recommend this to me. All right, Joel, this better be good. Oh, don't worry, it'll be fine. (laughs) I never liked when you reassure me, Sean. Whenever you say it's going to be fine, my belief that it's going to be fine just plummets. Would you prefer I say, oh, it's going to be a slog, it's going to be atrocious? (laughs) Does that make you feel better? No, everything makes me feel worse. There's nothing that you say that makes me feel better, Sean. It's an anime. That, see, already starting off <laughs> terribly. <laughs> uh, but no, Joel recommended another rather popular anime that a lot of people really enjoyed, and it's kind of Babby's first adult anime. Oh, okay. You know, uh, first edgy adult anime with some adult themes and dark storylines. Okay, I so I, I've seen one anime that might fit this description. And I think you're probably going to guess right for once. Uh, out of the, like, four or five anime I've ever seen before this podcast. Yes. Is it Death Note? It is. Oh my god, I'm right! <laughs> now, Remington, have you ever seen Death Note before? Uh, I have, yes. Really? I've seen it all the way through you've seen the whole thing yeah this is this is so crazy uh, when, when did you watch it uh i mean when i was an edgy like 13 year old so about the same time everybody else watched it then yeah because <laughs> i i had like a weeb girlfriend and she was like hey anime and so she she was like watch death note and so i did how many girlfriends have you had T- too many and not enough good ones <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Especially now that just looking back, I'm recognizing how much anime has impacted my former <laughs> relationships. It's something I should have just gone not knowing. What goes around comes around, Remington. But this is one that I've seen all of a long time ago, but... Well, tell me what you remember about it then, friend, because this, this is new ground for us, something you oh, actually know crazy. about. this is crazy. Okay, so you got the main character... Uh, Light, I think it was, yes, right? Yes, Light Yagami. Uh, and, and he's got this demon friend because he has the death note that you can just kill people. That'd be Ryuk. And there's like this 
blonde girl or something? Yes. And I think she has a demon too, but I can't remember her demon. And then then you have uh the the one guy who always sits in the fetal position without shoes on. L. L, yeah. And L is like a genius and he's trying to hunt down light. Uh, and then they had like a third season or something that was really bad. It wasn't really bad. It just kind of, it just wasn't as good as the first half because this whole anime is actually kind of divided in the middle into two parts, but it's all one season. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, where everything starts and gets going and then it kind of, uh, changes into a more grand, uh, like soap opera-esque type of drama with a bunch of new characters thrown in in the second half of the series as well as uh, new personalities and new plots and plans and things like that. It's a little complicated and a little convoluted, but the edge is always prevalent. <laughs> yes, I, I recall. And, like, there's, there's a very uh, popular, like, potato chip yes yes that i remember so the thing about death note is it had a huge effect on the anime community remington really yes yeah, so this came out in 2006 right okay uh has an average rating of about 8.7 8.6 something like that so it's very popular and it's the anime a lot of people kind of go into when they want something a bit darker and edgy for the first time uh-huh because i mean until then you've got your classic shonen stuff you know dragon ball z the full metal Ogman, things like that things that deal with more uh not as adult themes uh but then you get in a death note when it is literally what happens when you give a high schooler the power to choose who lives and who dies <laughs> yeah and how quickly they are corrupted by that fact Okay, yep. And so that's like, well, that's a kind of a dark premise. I wonder what's going to wonder what's uh, going to happen. So of course, 13-year-old you and 13-year-old me decide to go and watch it, and we think it's the coolest thing ever because it's yep. so dark, it's so edgy, it's so dramatic. I I do remember liking it quite a lot, but I also was a very very different person at that time, yep. and I have not even looked at it in a good eight years so it'll be very interesting for me to see how that has changed honestly it's probably a lot the same as you remember but you're probably gonna not take it as seriously as you did before <laughs> because one thing death note really does and a lot of anime like to parody is they like to take simple scenes and overly dramatize them you know because <laughs> a, a thing that is constantly occurring in death note is a moment where he's just writing names in the Death Note, which, for those of you who don't know, the story follows Light Yagami, a, a high schooler who is technically genius level and is kind of fed up with how much evil there is in the world. And he comes across a black notebook at school, picks it up, says it, it's called the Death Note, and if whoever's name is written down in this book will die. Is basically yeah. the premise. And you can either write how they die, or you, if you can just write their name and they'll have a heart attack. Yep, but you have to have their face pictured as well as the name, their actual name written down. Yep. And, of course, if you find something like that lying around on school property, you think, oh, it's just like one of those chain letters, uh, or, or chain emails for those of us who are a bit more modern. Uh, they actually used to do those in paper letter format, believe it or not. <laughs> the, the good old, all right, you must send this to five people, otherwise you will die. Or something of that extent, yes. So of course he thinks it's that, and then out of curiosity and just boredom, he decides to write down the name of a criminal he sees on TV. Lo and behold, the criminal dies, and it's a big news thing. And they're like, and he's like, whoa, 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 
And then he gets just a huge justice boner about it. Exactly. You know, thinking back to it now, thinking back to Mirai Nikki, do you remember the the terrible justice superhero in Mirai Nikki? Yes, one of my favorites. At this point, I'm feeling like that's just a parody of Light Yagami because he's, he, he's got his magic diary, he's going fighting crime, but he has a skewed idea of justice uh, in a more comedic fashion. But nonetheless, it fits very well. Yeah. Yes, and, you know, the story is him going around straight up. It's him with a god complex. It's him going from this lawful good guy to a lawful evil character, which lawful evil is dictated as someone who uh, follows a set of rules or ideals uh, to their own extent, uh, doing what they believe is right, regardless of who gets involved. Yeah. And, and strong rules, low compassion. Exactly. And for Light, that means killing anybody who has committed a crime ever. Is it ever explained how he gets the Death Note? Uh, yes, actually. Okay, because I can't remember for the life of me. It's really straightforward. Ryuk, the Shinigami, who is the, uh, uh, is the Grim Reaper. Uh, Shinigami yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, Demon Bro. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones who control life and death, and they write down names in their little notebooks, and they die. Uh... He got bored one day <laughs> and just dropped it in the human world. My man. And it happened to land in front of Light. But doesn't he, like, from w what little I remember, isn't Light, like, in charge of him, though? No, 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 no. No? It's nothing like that at all, uh. actually. Uh, this is interesting because you have memories of it, but you don't know exactly what's right. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> it's as straightforward as this. Death uh, Note gets dropped on his school grounds. He notices it get being dropped. He goes out, picks it up, thinks it's a joke, but his curiosity gets the better of him and he just takes it with him. Decides to write in the name of a criminal because, you know, he's he's an edgy teenager. It's what edgy teenagers yeah. would do. Finds out it works, and then out of nowhere, uh, a few days later, Ryuk shows up and is like, hey, that's my book. This is interesting. And he's like, you're here to take my soul, aren't you? He's like, no, 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 I'm just here to watch. <laughs> just here to observe exactly and have a good time because he was bored and he wants to see what happens when humans get death notes i i support that yeah no i i do too honestly all in all it's a pretty good premise for a story yeah because absolute power corrupts absolutely is the phrase i believe yeah i think definitely the premise is without a doubt one of the reasons why it became so popular because it's so evocative I and mean, it's one of those situations where you'd wonder what if it were me right but it makes me wonder as as with so many things with strong premises that became super popular is it just the premise that is strong, or can it back it up? Honestly, it does for the most part. Oh! That's, uh, that's part of the reason it's so popular today as it is in the past, because when people say anime they've heard of, even if they're not big anime watchers, they'll usually list Dragon Ball Z or Death Note. <laughs> I, I remember so many people would get in trouble. Like, you'd see news stories about people getting suspended at school because they would create their own Death Notes and be writing people's names in it, and schools were like, nah, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, for a few years, that would just happen so often. Yeah, it was a big thing when uh, this anime first came out, and people... You know, edgy teenagers will do what edgy teenagers do. Yeah. Goddamn chunbios. <laughs> Aren't you glad that you now have that word in your vocabulary? Oh, I feel like that's one of the most useful words I've been taught on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, and that's what makes this interesting, is how much of an in impact the whole show had 
on anime community as a whole. Because whether you like the show or not, you can't disagree that there is a heavy impact on the way we view anime as well as some anime presented themselves. Because one of the running jokes in a lot of comedy anime is to over to do a Death Note style scene in a comedic fashion. Oh yeah. Uh, the potato chip scene for, from Death Note yeah, is yeah. one that comes to mind. It's him trying to hide that he's writing in a death note because he's being observed while it looks like he's studying and him outlining the process step by step he's like i'll watch with one end i'll study with the other i will reach into the bag of the chips with a pen write a name on the death note grab a potato chip and eat it <laughs> and it's, and it's so a big melodramatic it's a big flowing dramatic scene which had a lot of impact when it first came out but if you watch it more than once it starts to look silly <laughs> and comedy anime will can go back and reference scenes like this especially the potato chip eating scene yep. because that's their closing line is oh, I'll man. take a potato chip and eat it <laughs> and while the show itself does the melodrama fairly well it's one of those things that you see once, you're like, oh, that was all right. But then you go back and watch it, and you think to yourself, this is dramatic as fucking kind of hilarious. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so... This is just a blast from a, the past for me. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I still like this show a lot, Rem. Ooh, okay. So if, so if I watch it and I decide that it's utter trash, then I can really razz you about it. Well, it's not that I like it for what it is. I like... <laughs> The reason I like it is for the impact it had on anime culture as a whole, as well as the impact it had on me as a person, because I actually used to cosplay Light Yagami. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Oh. So I actually did walk around with a Death Note. It wasn't the best cosplay ever, I'll be honest with you, but it was uh, recognizable. I had, <laughs> I had the jacket, the shirt, the tie, uh, the walk around with a Death Note. Uh, my haircut was pretty much the same thing at oh, that point. Oh, God, you're such a nerd. I know. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious, too, because I'd walk up to people and oh, I'd just be like, oh, oh, it's nice to meet you. What was your name again? And just, just write down their name in front of them. They're like, why'd you do that? And i just show them the cover and they're like, oh, God, why? <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when I was younger. Oh, Jesus. And uh, just the way it changed the scope of anime as a whole is kind of something you have to take in consideration. I feel like it definitely helped bring it to Western audiences even further. Yes. And showed that there's more than just the typical shonen that I feel like is the most westernized thing, like the Dragon Ball Z or the Naruto, right? Those are the super common things, those brightly visual. Sure, they can get a little dark sometimes, but mostly they're bright, colorful, comedic a lot of the time, right? I'll even argue that Naruto has more edge than Death Note. <laughs> when, when it utilizes from... I, I've seen some Naruto, but Lord knows it's all a blur to me because it feels like it's all the same. <laughs> Once I learned that it just kept going and going and going uh, and A grand going total of 500 episodes, and, I believe. Oh my God. God. But we're not talking about No anime should have 500 episodes. Anyway, the, I think Death Note helped to show that it's not all that. There's room for more. Yes. Right? And so I think that it definitely had a cultural impact in that way. Yes. And I'll tell you right now, we're going to go down. We're going to go watch it. We're probably not going to take it as seriously. <laughs> no. We're probably going to be laughing our asses off every time someone dies on screen or every time there's a melodramatic writing scene. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I certainly not. And if you would have asked me what my 
favorite anime that I've seen before this podcast was, it would probably be Death Note, just because I remember it very fondly. I remember loving Death Note. It mm -hmm. was my jam. Everybody did who watched it. There were very few people who were against it. You only hear about people disliking it nowadays just because they look back on it and they think, man, that is edgy. Man, <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yep. But they kind of disregard the impact it had on the community. There are a couple different animes that have been produced throughout the years that have had major impacts on the community, and Death Note is probably one of the big ones. Well, Sean, if there's anybody who's going to ignore cultural and cultural and community influence, as well as any nostalgia, it's me! And we are gonna get flack for that. So, Remington, let's go watch some Death Note. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after watching a grand total of four episodes of Death Note. Remington, how are you feeling, bud? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling quite good. It was very interesting to re-watch an anime, which this is, I think, the first time in my life I've rewatched an anime. Oh, that's not entirely true. I mean, we watched Rosario Vampire a second time. It's the first time in my life I've I've watched anime episodes I've already seen deliberately. Fair, fair. Uh, and so that was that was a very unique and interesting experience. And uh, what do you think now? You used to like the show a lot when you were younger. How does it hold up now? Yes, as a really stupid 13-year-old, I adored this show. I thought it was one of my favorite shows, and it was my favorite anime that I had ever seen, which isn't saying a whole lot. Uh, now, how I view it, it's a really good show. I was, I was impressed by it. I was impressed that it seemed to stand the test of time. Really? What, uh, do you have any examples of that? One of the things I remember when I was young thinking was, oh wow, how cerebral, how clever. And I definitely think I over-exaggerated that as a child, but nonetheless, it is a pretty intelligent show. It knows what it's doing and it does it pretty well. The way it conveys itself and the way that information is delivered. I'm a sucker for intrigue in shows, and this has a whole lot of that. I mean, that is the whole premise the show is based on, because the it is kind of classified as a mystery show, but the mystery isn't who done it, because you already know who done oh, it yeah. and who's going to continue to do it. Uh, the mystery is the hows, the whys, and who you know, will get who first. Exactly. It's this great cat and mouse game, but both players are trying to get one another, right? It's like a spy versus spy, right? You're just trying to get the other one before they get you. Yeah, but with less comedy and more potato chips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Remington, you like the show, then? I, I do. It, amazingly, I still have a high opinion on it. I was somewhat thinking I would change my view just because I was stupid then and this is a really edgy show and when shows get too edgy without being self-aware it gets really bad just like people who get super edgy without being self-aware chunbios and so <laughs> I, I was a little bit 
worried that that would be my opinion but fortunately death note it's extremely high on the melodrama but it knows that it's doing that it knows that it's being peak drama ridiculousness yes it is very self-aware of that fact even if the characters themselves are not oh yeah but the characters aren't self-aware in a deliberate way which is nice to see like yeah it's super edgy but it's name brand edgy it's the edgy that everybody else is trying to copy exactly it in a way changed the industry as a whole which was what i was trying to convey in the first half of our podcast here oh yeah like, you'll see references in a lot of modern-day anime, whether they're proper edgy anime or comedy anime trying to make fun of how edgy uh-huh. these things are. And people will be like, hey, that's a Death Note joke. Or, hey, that's very Death Note-ish. And people will usually praise that. Yeah, it pervaded through everything. And I think one of the reasons why it's so successful is because the show, it lays out its rules very early on. Here is the basis of the show. Here are the rules for the Death Note. Here are the very clear motivations for the character. And then from there, it says, all right, what next? How can we mess with these rules? How can these characters' motivations be heightened or furthered? What actions should they take place? And because it is so clear on all of these things, you can never figure out the exact details, but you always have a general idea of where it's going to go. And so trying to figure out what those details are in that direction allow for just the right amount of surprise with just the right amount of understanding. And it's an interesting dynamic because... Light is an evil character, like, oh, yeah. without a doubt. He starts out lawful good, as we I'll decided. say right now, for all of you contrarian, edgy sons of guns who are like, well, but he has the point, or any of that, I, I feel like that's just a, a certain juvenile response. I, I used to view him as, oh, yeah, he's the anti-hero. No, he is, he's the villain. He is evil. Make no bones about it. He is in the morally wrong stance here. But what makes him a good villain is how much he good he believes he's doing. Yes, he has very strong principles. And he sticks by them. Uh, it's the Thanos effect, I suppose you could call it. But yeah, if you have strong principles, you're going to be an interesting character. But it's the methods and the results of those methods that determine your alignment in a lot of ways. And in this case... He's killing people because that's what he thinks is right, even though a lot of these people have already been judged and sentenced. Yeah, he has this view. Two two things, I think, fundamentally wrong with his view of the world. First, he's an elitist son of a bitch. He thinks he is better than literally everybody else. And that's just not how the world works. The world doesn't work on some sort of hierarchy of individuals where there's a person at the peak. That's just absurd. Yeah, he is a teenager, though, so... Oh, yeah. Like, for those of you who think that the idea of this happening being (laughs) far-fetched, how many teenagers have you met that have a god complex? Uh, Any who have watched Death Note is the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second part of his worldview that I think is strongly flawed is he believes the world is rotten, that people are at their core bad and negative right and there are some exceptions but overwhelmingly the world and the people in it are are dark and tainted and bad and i think that's ludicrous uh i'm i'm an optimist when it comes to people not anime but people (laughs) Uh, 
I'm an optimist for humanity, uh, other than Japanese culture. And wow, <laughs> wow. And I, I think that people are at their base good, and I think that if you look at the evidence, it overwhelmingly supports that. But if you're an elitist son of a bitch and see everybody below you, then of course you're going to see it as trash. And so both of those ideals, they're ideals that a lot of people fall into, so it's easy to sympathize with him, but they're also critically flawed. And so there's intrigue, but understanding. Yes, exactly. And that's it's those ideals that make Light a character as opposed to just being a typical I'm going to kill people because they're people type yeah. of villain which you see in every Saturday morning cartoon oh yeah uh, those would usually be classified as neutral evil evil for the sake of being evil type of thing yep. but no and that's what makes the show really interesting is how set in his ways he is and how far he's going to go for the, his goals because the consequences of using the Death Note are listed very early on. Oh, like, yeah. Beginning of second episode, I believe, is what it is. Or, no, end of the first episode is when it happens. Uh, Ryuk the Shimigami. Uh, Shimigami. No, the Shinigami uh, comes to him, and of course he's like, all right, so what's the cost to using this? And then Ryuk's like, cost? Yeah, there's not really much of a cost to it. I mean, except for, you know, the moral and emotional issues of killing people. Oh, and you can't go to heaven or hell. And I, I like that it's sort of, that. that's really all that it explains of it thus far. Like, early on, you're just told, can't go to heaven or hell. And you can wonder exactly what that means, if it means nothing, if there's a third option, right? The purgatory, or a popular theory is uh, they become a Shinigami themselves in the afterlife. Yeah, and so there's options and that's the great thing with all the rules that it carries out it says here are the rules and there are options to do them but when you one of the things i loved about death note in these early episodes was especially when light starts experimenting with killing people to figure out what are the little bylaws of the rules right what do these rules really mean how is the right way to interpret them and the only way to do that is by scientific experimentation or more murder well i mean it's a little column a little column b you experiment <laughs> through the murder and i mean he's still gonna kill the people he's gonna kill anyways but he's getting a little more use out of them yeah and it's through that that he figures out okay so if it's an impossible task or in a task that they don't know then they're just going to die at their baseline but if it's something they can do or something they know or something that i say or etc etc then it will happen it also throws the world into this very weird line between free will and determinism where everyone has a set life but it can be cut down but their choices can be manipulated by the death note not even just if they are the ones who are being killed if you're driving the car that rams into somebody then your free will is being impacted but you wouldn't be aware of it at any given time so it's not quite determinism but it's not quite free will either it's some very strange gray area which i also just find philosophically interesting you are a big fan of gray areas all shades of them <laughs> 50 shades of gray is my favorite anime oh dear god please no <laughs> I bet there's probably a Fifty Shades of Grey graphic novel out there, and I do not oh, want God. to find it. It, it. It'll be just as trashy as the novel, so it, I use the term novel lightly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know.
know me, Sean. When I am watching a show, when it sets out rules, I will always try and come up with every exception to that rule. And the nice thing about this show is you kept asking me these questions throughout, and I would either give you an answer or the show would tell you the answer because the rules are very clearly set. And that's what makes the intrigue of the show so... Exactly. Because I'm trying to figure out, all right, how can I break the rules? And the show explains, this is how it would work if you tried. Which is amazing when they do that. Because so often it's like, okay, so here are the rules. But what if I were to just do this? And it's like, uh, don't worry about it, right? And that's the answer. And you just have to accept that don't worry about it answer. So when it actually puts the effort in to say, yeah, what would happen if you did that? Uh, this. And here's the reason why. And the reasons are actually decent. Like, that's great. That was so nice to see. And uh, Studio Madhouse, which is uh, the studio that did this, is a fairly popular anime series uh, creator and producer. They have a lot of anime that do logic and intrigue very well. Oh, I'm all in on them. Uh, Death Note was kind of their big, huge... Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple others that have flopped, and Studio Madhouse is notorious for not giving us sequels or second seasons to shows we want to see uh, they have a bad habit of doing that they're like oh look at this great show you want a second season maybe one day i would argue <laughs> that's better than the alternative what getting a show that has lots of seasons but no clear end in sight yeah getting a show that didn't end when it was supposed to that frustrates me to no end give me a proper end and then be done with it except what if you get a show and you don't get an ending all right, that, that's a bit shit. That's what Studio Madhouse has a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a thing with. There's a lot of Studio Madhouse anime that people want to see a second season of or complete. Uh, but whether it's through bad luck, bad decision making, or issues from the original writer, we rarely get second seasons to a lot of Studio Well, Madhouse. I'm a believer in Madhouse. Any listeners, if you want to send a recommendation our way for another Madhouse anime, I'm all in. Force Sean to show me something that I, I might actually enjoy. <laughs> Funnily enough, uh, this was a user recommendation uh, by Joel. Yeah, Joel. Joel, Joel, you have my back. Thank you so much. It was very nice to get something that I liked. So far, all of the recommendations have been good. I haven't liked them all, but they've all been things that weren't supposed to be god-awful, which I appreciate. Yeah, and that is... A very interesting thing. I was expecting people to want to torture you as much as I want to torture you. But now nah, the listeners have my back. They aren't here for my pain, Sean. They are here for my strong insight in the world of anime with my encyclopedic knowledge of Japanese culture. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most absurd thing you've ever said on this show. <laughs> and you've said some pretty absurd things. Like saying Code Lyoko is an anime. I'm still not over that shit. I, I think it's more of an anime than Ruby. Oh, God. <laughs> At least it's not American. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rule oh one of my being God. an anime is that it's uh, not American. Oh, my God. Even if it's French. At least it's not America. French is more Japanese than America because French isn't here. Quite frankly, that's just a wrong statement. <laughs> because literally, America is a smelting pot of different countries. You know, we learned all this in junior high school and high school history classes. There are literally more Japanese people here than there are in France. We are a melting pot of one country, and that country is America. Oh, dear God. <laughs> you, you, you scare me sometimes, Remington. <laughs> 
but nonetheless this was a great recommendation i sincerely enjoyed it it kept my attention all throughout the four episodes that we watched from and and it had a nice pacing all throughout as well and it definitely had its flaws like i think most notably it would occasionally creep into deus ex machina type territory with when you have two geniuses fighting one another sometimes it can come across as oh well of course that just works out the way they want it to right but i think they did that way less than i was anticipating because i was expecting it to be like whenever you see a genius character where it's they can just do whatever they want and their ridiculous crazy plans just work out i'm looking at you sherlock holmes in every iteration <laughs> of sherlock holmes that has ever existed it just works out because why not but this it had those moments but they were way less frequent than i thought they were going to be i mean l is essentially the sherlock holmes of this anime but and Light is the Moriarty, is the way to think Oh, yeah, about. 100%. Uh, but their dynamic is really good. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, four episodes in, they haven't technically met yet, which they do meet. I mean, that is something that will happen. Uh, it's a kind of a spoiler, but let's be real. When, like, if you have two rivals in a big crime mystery drama, of course they're going to meet. I'm, I'm going to make a controversial claim here, Sean. And what's that controversial claim, Remy? I think Death Note is a better done mystery than most of the Sherlock Holmes novels. <laughs> oh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, eat your heart out. Wow. Though, to be fair, I'm just really not a fan of the Sherlock Holmes novels because I think that they too often have Sherlock just find things out that are literally impossible, and that annoys me. Well... A little, but I still like Sherlock. You're <laughs> not going to stop me. From I say that more Sherlock. from from a hatred of Sherlock than uh, a love of Death Note. But I do like Death Note. Uh, talking about Studio Madhouse, we have actually watched one other Madhouse anime. Oh, have uh, did I love it? Uh, I want you to guess what you think it is. Uh, I'm hoping that it is Mirai Nikki or Madoka Magica because both of those have that sort of dark vibe to them. Well, you're wrong on Madoka, because I already told you the studio for that one. That was Shaft. As if I can remember. You should remember these things. This is an educational <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to keep track of all of the anime studios. So does that mean that it was Mirai Nikki? It was not. Oh, fuck. It was Ori Monogatari. What the? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Remington, come back, Remington. Where are you going? No, Remington. He's gone. Uh... He literally just walked out the door. Uh, well, I guess I just lost a partner. If you guys would like to, you know, react to bad anime, uh, just send me an email and I... Oh! oh he's back, he's back, it's good. Okay, I don't... Uh, scratch that. Oremonogatari! <laughs> why, my... Why? No! No! <laughs> just because it's... Uh, a studio has some good IPs doesn't mean all their IPs are going to be great. What I said about recommending a Madhouse anime, don't do it <laughs> under any circumstances. I know. Do not send an email in for a Madhouse anime. Anything but Madhouse. Hey, hey, you liked Death Note. That's a Madhouse But Ori Sean! And there are several other Madhouse anime oh, that are really God. good. Oremonogatari. Oh, how? Which one did they do first? Uh, Death Note. 
Oh god! <laughs> Why? At least if they did Orimonogatari first, it could have been like, they started out god-awful, having no idea what they were doing, but they got better. No, they started out strong, and then they went into a pile of heaping shit, Sean. Well, look at Disney, Remington. <sighs> look at all the stuff that Disney made at first, and some of the stuff they've put out recently. Like, a lot of those Pixar sequels, yeah. I'm so tilted right now. <laughs> I'm so filled with anger. I thought I had lost my uh, my partner for this podcast. <laughs> I was about to do an advertisement for new uh, podcast partners. Uh, <laughs> okay, close. But yeah, no, uh, Monogatari was uh, spring of t- 2015. Oh my god. That's, so that's where they're at like almost now. Oh my god. But yeah, no, uh, Studio Madhouse has quite the large repertoire, as it were. Oh boy. And there are so many good Studio Madhouse anime as well, it's gotta be said. And we will get back to some of them. Uh, in fact, probably pretty soon, now that I'm looking at these. I'm, I'm terrified. Don't be so discouraged, Remington. You really liked Death Note? That could mean there are several others that you'll like from the studio as well. One bad anime does not a studio make. <laughs> they start out, I like their early stuff. Oh, I'm just, God. I'm going to be a weeb hipster now. <laughs> a webster, if you will. Yeah, I'm going to be a webster. Uh, yeah, you know Madhouse? Yeah, their early stuff is all right. They really dropped off in 2015. That, that's who I'm going to be. Who knew? That, uh, that's, that's what this anime is turning me into. A weeb hipster. God, what has the world become? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh. It'll be interesting to see what other Madhouse stuff we cover. But yeah, Death Note, pretty good though, right? Death Note was good. Yes. Uh, Although, it's got to be said, one of the funniest things of this show is how Ryuk's face can be used for every emotion imaginable. I I kept losing it when they would have a reaction shot of Ryuk, the Shinigami, and he just has has one facial expression the entire time. And so it doesn't matter if he's interested, he's curious, he's frustrated, he's confused, he's angry, he's sad, he's happy, it doesn't matter. It will just show the same face and the thing about him, he's like a clown, but if you took the eyes of like a pug and you turned that pug into a demon, and then you took that pug's demon eyes out, and then you placed it cross-eyed into a demon clown, then that's the face you get. And so it was just the eyes that got me every damn time. And it's great too, because I think if we're talking alignments, Ryu could probably be classified as true neutral. Oh yeah, he doesn't care about nearly anything. He's just there to have a good time. And be entertained by what goes down. And that's pretty great for a uh, death deity of sorts. And it has a very strong contrast to all of the other characters. So it works. Normally, I'm not a huge fan of passive characters. But the fact that you have a passive character who's also super ridiculously powerful, could do whatever they want, and they stand in contrast to all of these other not-at-all passive characters... It works. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes all the characters so far really interesting, is they stick to their alignments and their motivations are very clear and set forth. And most importantly, they don't have a bland bitch male protagonist. Yeah, you cannot call Light bland. Like, let's be real, he is very personalized and very dramatic and interesting, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. He, and he's a manipulative asshole character, which are my kinds of characters. I think that explains a lot about you, Remington. <laughs> it really does. So, 
I have to know, Remington, would you like to go and watch some more Death Note with me? Uh, you know, Sean, I would love to. And that is what I like to hear. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please do us a favor and leave a review on whatever platform you listen on, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, or even word of mouth. That's the best way to spread it. It truly is super helpful when you guys do that. And if you would like to contact us directly, whether it be a question, comment, feedback, or recommendation just like Joel, then you can send an email over onto animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and please don't write our names down. We like living. <laughs>